0: No purchase necessary. VoIP were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hey there, you've wandered on to the VUC, a weekly conference produced by IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSip.com. You can get a URL that people can click to call you at OnSip.com slash onsip. Speaking of Zip, we use the best PSTN and SIP Conference Bridge in the world, ZipDX.com. Our website at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. And thanks to Voxbone for our world local rate dial-ins. This is VUC 623 for December 9th, 2016. I don't know why Periscope's not working. I'll leave it on a little bit longer and see if uh, there's any reason to continue it. Otherwise, I'm just wasting a bunch of bits. Our guest today is someone who was in the first year of VUC. You know that we've been going for almost almost uh, 10 years, and I'm looking at this, the fact that I don't have my camera on, so here we go. Someone who was in on our very oh. first year, Stefan, who just stepped away from his camera. Stefan Vindermeyer. Stefan. Hi, how are you? I'm great, Stefan, and it's great to see you, and you and I met because you wrote a book called uh, forgive the terrible accent uh, Das das Buch. yeah that's correct close enough right uh that book was of course translated and in 2007 in our very first year you were on you've written so i know you wrote a book on ruby on rails w- what books have you written let's get through that first
3: um basically asterisk and ruby on rails um yeah that's it i thought that's maybe there was a whole wealth of no no, different versions, different languages, but that's it. Right.
2: Well, it's a it's an accomplishment. My my wife has written books in French and German. She's French, and uh, the fact that uh, you go through the process of translating and getting a book that was written originally in German it may have been one of the first books for Asterisk, by the way, written in German. Was it?
3: It was one of the first. Yeah. It was. It became the the standard. In, at least in German. The I, reference. I, I, yeah, the reference. I never made it for the, for the English one. Um O'Reilly was way too uh, big for that.
2: But it is a good book, and I recall that it, it was uh, successful. And the other thing that we remember, you and I I begged Tim Panton as a uh, fellow. By, by, of,
3: by pure coincidence, oh. I have it here.
2: Oh, great. Let's see it. There it so, is. And, it. and by the way, that's great that the versions are on there. 1.2, 1.4. What is the current Astrin version? Like 12 or something? 10, 12?
3: And this one is the uh, the English translation. There you go.
2: Practical asterisk one point four one point six. Yeah. I think the last version I installed was zero point nine, actually, but uh, I'm not one hundred percent And
3: sure. this this one, this, which is from from uh, uh, from Jim, that's one uh, which made it. Uh, that's um, oh, I actually I, I even have a one uh, assigned sig- one here. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is Jim still
1: writing this book? <clears throat> Who? uh yeah. that would be jim yeah i, I no, haven't, no, seen, haven't seen yeah. him writing uh that recently i haven't seen jim for a little while um yeah the last was, iteration was done that, that was by. with
2: life was that was that, ver- was that work was with life lift life as well yeah
1: there were there were three of them there was jim life and somebody else i can't remember who it was uh, uh christian i think
4: was it
2: Christian my yeah, 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 I think
4: I think it was Christian.
1: Stefan,
2: do you have your Ruby on Rails book handy, just in case? Let's see yes. it. Let me see. Uh, By chance, you know, you never know.
3: That's that's my first Ruby on Rails book in in German. Uh, that's a bad idea. And let me see if I have the English translation. Um, no, I don't. Yeah, it was But noise. you can, fi- if, if you're really interested, you can find it on Amazon.
2: Right. Uh, all right. Next, next thing. I don't. Should we put him through the? How did he get into technology? I don't think you yeah. answered this question. Yeah. 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 Stefan, uh, we've been asking people. This was your first visit. We didn't have our stuff down, but now we've been doing this for ten years. We have a little thing we do, and we like to ask people how they actually got into technology in general and how they got into VoIP. And that'll lead us into our topic for tonight anyway, or today for the people who are like in California and it's 9 a.m. Uh, what brought you into the actually tech world? At what age were you interested in technology and, and what? how did that manifest itself? Okay, let's
3: narrow it down to computers, if that's okay, um, because technology is the right range. Um, my first computer was... Um, zx81 um it's um i don't know how old i was Uh, i want to say eight or nine um it had a i i I was lucky i had the additional ram so i had a whopping 16 kilobyte kilobyte of ram um and that that was it so um i um had a tough time to um get it get the money for it and i remember that i always wanted to have uh, to buy an amiga but um that was totally out of my range um money wise so um yeah that's my start, and then um, I started programming first, obviously in Basic, and then other languages, and um, that's it. I it just stick.
2: That's for and, computers. Sorry, that that's for computers. Then what? Yeah. And
3: about VoIP, you should have you should have sent me this this question before. Um, <laughs> What's that hard? I honestly don't recall why I started with VoIP. I don't know. Uh, probably some sort. Ah, no, no, no. I do. I do recall. Yeah. Um. The, In ancient times, I had a travel agency. I organized um, dive trips, scuba dive trips. And um, uh, that that was the time before the internet. And I had that great idea of um, um, doing some sort of voicemail box where people could get um, their um, new offers, uh, again, before the internet. Today, you would do that with a web page. And uh, so I had to um, create a configuration for that, and that was my start with was um, Uh In those days, um, I used ICDN, which was super modern then. Um, and um, yeah, obviously, the voicemail box wasn't that much of a, a success. Webpage became much more popular.
2: Okay, I, I want to talk about your company, even before we get to the new thing. Uh, but before that, I want to talk about Amucon, because we have a fellow, uh, what's the right word for this? Anyway, a fellow participant. Uh, in fact, uh, Tim, you and I may have even met for the first time at AmooCon with Jason, right? W- was that the fr- I think so. Um,
1: I, don't, I don't know. I, I want to say we might have met somewhere else first, like Madrid, but I wouldn't be sure. To be quite honest,
2: we, we were both at Madrid, and apparently James Bodie was at Madrid, and I didn't meet him. And we, were, we there were hundreds of people there. Of I
4: was definitely in Madrid. I, I, I don't remember meeting you, Tim, in Madrid either. <laughs> no, no, I
1: was too busy hanging out with Mark
4: Spencer. And...
1: Right. Well, anyway, anyway. Well, I, I was too busy <laughs> hanging out with Ed Guy. Actually, oh, boy. <laughs> How was Mark anyway? M- Mark, some Mark's story is he's gone, gone off into aviation. He's going to.
3: just I see his. I see his. Uh, his postings on Facebook every now and then it's it's all about planes. But but the thing is
1: that he's basically I mean, he he was on the show what six months ago? Six months
2: ago, yeah. With yeah,
1: he's basically going to do to aviation to avionics what he did to PVX's. Okay. Uh, that that his view is that uh hugely summarized, it's is that the airframes are good for 30 years. But the avionics is only good for a few years, so he's going to do a bunch of open-source avionics, which you can use to update your airframe. Um, so you can buy a, a you know, a, a frame, a, a small airplane, light aircraft that's in decent condition, um, but that where the avionics is just so old that nobody wants to fly it, okay. and uh, and then you replace the avionics with Mark's open-source stuff, and uh, and you're good to go with a with a with a wonderful plane. That's a huge summary of what he said, it's, and probably un, inaccurate in some detail, but roughly right i think does he code it himself or because i remember early asbestos code <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I don't I didn't ask him that we should have asked him that shouldn't we
2: Randy? Yep. anyway uh, I wanted to move on to a MOOC which was a thing that with, there were two or three two right
3: no three three, three. I, I, honestly I, I, I yeah three at least three Three. you may or yeah. may we
4: not talk, Nine,
2: you won't talk 20, forever 10, on this. 12. we won't we won't talk forever on this uh, Stefan and I, I, I you may or may not want to revisit this I just wanted to say that those of us who were there I'm pretty sure I speak for everybody in that this this really was a great great meeting, and there was uh, there. I know I was a two, maybe I think I was only a two, and uh, one of them was in Berlin and that was great. And there was one in Rostock and Rostock had all of the DigiM people were there. I mean, when I say all, I mean, Matt was there and all of the sure. guys who you generally associate. There was, In fact, there's another Matt, there's uh, uh, whoever, you know, the general crowd and that was fun. Uh, I want to give a shout out especially to the <laughs> the two guys who did the, the rum drinks or whatever that was, the jugglers, whatever that was. I thought that was brilliant. You did a great job on that. I think Thank you're you. really amazing for, for creating events and that's why I'm really sorry that that didn't go on because there was a lot of interesting things going on there. I met a lot of uh, people who, with whom I'm still friends. Tim and I and Jason uh, uh, Gecki. I want to say Gecko, but it's Gecky, right? Uh, who's with, I guess, Cisco now. Um, but we drove over and, and I just wanted to share the memory that these guys started talking about all this JavaScript stuff that I had absolutely no idea. I'm glad I wasn't driving because I would have fallen asleep, but um, they, they were on and on. But I just was so uh, blown away away by the the intellectual technological uh talk that was going on and uh, when we got there you had um let me just say one thing that i think is important about this thing that i remembered was that you had the guy from opera and i don't remember his name but he's the main dude Who, what was his name
3: uh Jan, um von tetzner right. and he, i don't know how to pronounce it right probably it's a different pronunciation i'm, I'm not sure
2: but he is the And he had his uh, son or daughter, I don't remember. He had his child with him and he had to stop his talk at the... He cut his talk a little bit short because uh, his kid was with him. But I mean, it was just so fantastic to have this guy who had nothing to do with Asterisk or Camillo or, you know, none of that. It was just, that's one of the things that I thought was great. We got a chance to meet him and everybody talked to him for a few minutes. And I mean, you know, opera, it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure the 175 users would be thrilled to...
4: uh, just for I'm your information kidding. i am using opera right now
2: no i was there. i was joking i was impressed to, to hear what he had to say and <laughs> Uh, again, this is to your credit, Stefan. Uh, Tim, you want to say anything about Mukan? I think you should.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say it was a, it was a really good, interesting crowd of people in a, in a, in a good environment, and uh, and Rostock was a was a revelation to me. I'd not been well, not been in Eastern Germany before, you know, in the former East before, and so it was a, the trip there was that that whole thing was just just uh, great, and um, and my my abiding memory of it was uh, was a bunch of guys um, in the local uh, tavern playing. C- Shanties on their uh, on on the squeeze boxes um, and 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 actually a really good choir and uh, and then um, I suddenly realised that they were in halfway through the evening and a few beers I suddenly realised they were playing Yellow Submarine. <laughs> and I knew you were going to get to that. It's just was like and it was a, it was a, no the whole it was an excellent thing and there were some really really good people uh, who went
4: to that. are so, you going to stop pause progress. That's probably enough talking about what what happened six or seven years ago. I I
3: want to. want to. I want to add something. Something because uh, I guess people who are watching this and don't know Amakwan are asking why I'm not doing it anymore. Um, and I would love to. I really would love to. And every now and then I think about a new uh, conference location, which would be perfect for that. Um, but uh, my big problem is um, I don't like to sell slots for um, sponsorship. And that doesn't mix with with how to finance such an event. Um, and um, it just I can't cross that bridge. Um, and uh, until I don't have the money for that to just pay it, I, I won't repeat it. But it, it really, I. I I, I love the event. Um, it was always a great crowd and um, uh, it was always fun. Um, it's just um, uh, today at the conference, you have to make certain um, deals uh, like selling keynotes, etc. And I'm, I'm just not willing to. Um, so that's just for everybody who's asking that question. Um, it's just my stubbornness.
2: Well, maybe we maybe we can get you involved in some uh, uh, new initiative. I don't know. We are a true community. I mean, the people that are in the hangout today, and there are there are probably about fifty other people who are in the periphery who would agree with me that that um, we could probably figure out a way to get all of us involved in some new event or to attach ourselves to some existing event. Anyway, um, I was also going to mention that uh, where are you based, Stefano? You're not in. In right, you're you're outside. No,
3: yeah, I'm um right now I'm in Koblenz, um, which is um an hour drive from Frankfurt.
2: I played in Koblenz in 1974. Where were you? <laughs>
3: um in the next town. Um,
2: oh, you weren't even alive, come on.
3: No, no, I was. I was born in 73. <laughs>
2: okay, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, maybe your folks came to the concert. Anyway, long story we, short, it's gonna be one of those days where we just get stuck in the past. to talk about Stuff. You ruined my segue. You ruined my segue. I was about to segue into the uh, present now. So this is the past, yes, and it was great fun. And um, uh, it's important to note, though, that there is a community and that Stefan is one of the members and that everybody here is and that there are many, many other people involved in it. Um, so we're going to move on to well, I was intrigued, Stefan, uh, when I contacted you to hear that your new your newest project, which is on GitHub, by the way, right, yeah. um, is uh, you, it comes from lessons you learned from VoIP. So why don't you walk us by the way, if you want to I'm sorry, I'm not good at chronological order. If you want to talk about your company first and your products, you're welcome. Welcome to do that, uh, just to set the stage, and then we can move on to the current topic. No, not particularly.
3: It's it's, it's okay.
2: The um, mind shaft,
3: right? Uh, ob, 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 obviously, uh, no, no. I'm not doing warp anymore. Um, it's okay. That that whole warp thing has gone for good. Well, it's Um, not
2: much of a thing anymore, is it?
3: (laughs) It's it's just, um, you know, in my opinion and in my experience, um, whenever you set up a PBX or something, some sort of web system, um, there's always going to be a situation where the client is not happy and you are not happy. Mm -hmm. And it's always, or most times, it's not your fault. Like, you know, the phone is buggy or whatever. And um, I just got so annoyed by that because if you cannot, if you did a good work, but the solution is not as the client expected it to be um, it's just a bad bad situation and that's that was the main reason I left um, the whole board business and uh, I don't know. You guys are still in it? Uh, has it changed? Uh, no, So
2: Well, for let example, me pose this question now: Do you think do you think there are unreasonable
3: expectations
0: on the part of clients? Are are people looking for magic bullets still?
2: Yes.
3: And um, the big problem, my, my opinion, is that um, people are used to a PBX which has certain features, and then they buy a new PBX and they expect that the new PBX is the same but better. But all features, all keys, all you know, the weight of the phone headset has to be exactly the same and obviously that's not going to happen it, there are small difference like different voice my works or I don't know and um, that is in my opinion, an unsolvable problem.
2: Okay, I thought somebody was going to take the thread here. Um, what we need to do now is move into what you're doing now, and uh, we yep. were talking about the GitHub project, and also, and I am loath to try to pronounce it, by the way. So let's get to that.
3: Uh, it's voodoo.de. Um, uh, uh, um, I'm not a power user of Google Hangouts, so uh, do I have a chance to show the web page? Yes, you
2: can. You can do that, or we can do it. Uh, it's on the left. There's a menu. If you mouse over. Over on the left side, it should be the the second thing, I think it is. The
3: green chair. Here, yeah. Green chair. There you go. Um, okay. Let's take this one here. Okay. Um, yeah, we see that. Got uh, it. What do you see? Let me... We
2: see your page.
3: Okay. Um, do you see my mouse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, a Bluetooth is like, uh, you can compare with, with LinkedIn um, to make it easy um it's to connect people and uh, this is you see this is my account um so this is um james um, account and um because i uh, know him and we are here and i have the power i can just verify it um so uh, now everybody who's using the system knows this is a real person this is a human and he actually owns this account um if i want to i can say okay uh, this guy knows as it's seven and probably what um and you see the ordering gets automatically so um, if somebody else um, uploads it it gets sorted. Um, You have a following and a follower system. Um, I don't like the idea of LinkedIn where you have to connect like in Facebook you have to uh, connect to somebody and then um, he has to say yes or no. That in my opinion gets to awkward situations where somebody doesn't confirm it and then for whatever reason maybe he's on vacation or he forgot it or whatever and that's uh, in my opinion uh, in invitation for an awkward situation so I created this uh, with with this Twitter idea Um, you can follow people and people can follow you and in the future um, you can um, give people you follow special uh, access. So um, my my example always is um, I want to give the teachers of my kids my private land phone number, landline number, but I don't want to give that to uh, my uh, business associates. Um, so I want to create a system where that is going to be possible, um, and that's going to be in the next version. Um, right now, um, it's uh, what you can see here. Let's go to my account. Um, this is the um, the experiences, uh, like like a small VC. Um these are links to homepages, ad- addresses, um, obviously, vCard export, um, social media, etc., etc. Um, it's all open source. So um, if you want to, you can have a look at the source code, which is at uh, GitHub. It's um, MIT-licensed, and um, it's free, um, and it's fast. Um, the aim is not just... Um, Europe and US but um many or well, all development countries and uh, for them it's nearly impossible to use um LinkedIn um because it's too big it uh, loads like forever plus um it's very expensive. Um, like, um, I have a developer on my team who's from Zimbabwe. Um, let me, let me create, uh, let me show the, the camera again. No, um, how can I deactivate the screen share? Oh, ah, no. There you go. You got it. Okay. Um, I have a, um, a developer on my team who is from Zimbabwe. And um, if he wants to uh, go to a web page like LinkedIn, it, it costs him about 50 cents because um, he's using um, a phone um, and they only have prepaid data plans. So um, for him, um, just, you know, opening um, a LinkedIn uh, profile, um, he really has to think about it. it is it worth that 50 cents and um, most times it isn't so obviously um and my um, aim is to um, have a very very lightweight uh, solution um which doesn't cost so much and uh, which is fast um and it's um, so we don't have any premium accounts because i think it's uh, just a bad way uh, of doing business um, you know google doesn't have them facebook doesn't have them so um, you can live by advertising and that's in my opinion, fair, um, but I don't want to sell premium accounts. So, that's it. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any questions?
2: Well, you said that you, you mentioned to me that you uh, learned things, what were the lessons learned from VoIP with uh, regard to this? Good,
3: good, good question. Um, my main lesson and that it took me like forever to realize that was um latency um like if you make a call to a guy in sydney australia then you have latency problems and it's not a problem you can you can solve because um you probably have fiber um and uh, still on uh, on fiber uh, from let's say frankfurt in germany to sydney in australia a simple ping takes about a second and i don't expect light to become faster anyhow uh, in the next months um so light speed is the limit we are dealing with and um that's not going to to, to change and what most people um forget is that um but the web has the same problem um a web page in Australia is always going to be slower to use than in New York or San Francisco. And um, that was a lesson I learned with with VoIP, and I transferred it um, to um, to Votoo. Um, it, it's actually a lot of work uh, to make that page um, so fast as it is. And... Um, if I'm lucky um, and get enough um, revenue, um, it's going to be even, it's going to become even faster because then I'm going to set up servers on all continents, uh, which makes um, um, the network connection faster because it's not, uh, the package doesn't have to travel a long way. The shorter the way in the network, the faster web page will show
2: the the question i have in my uh head is uh y- th- this is a project on github so is this a case of people installing their own no. i mean is there a federation or it's just there because the code is there because it's open source i guess that's it huh?
3: yeah it's um it's there because
2: I, people I, I, see for people I, to see the source
3: yeah i believe in open source um and many people are asking me the question why are you that crazy and um like putting the source there, everybody can copy it. Everybody can copy the system, do it to him or herself. Um, and I don't, I simply don't believe that's going to be, it happen. It's like, I believe that if Facebook put their code online, open sourced it, it wouldn't change a thing for their business because it's just, if you're smart enough. To make a better Facebook, you don't need their code. You just write it yourself new. And if you're not smart enough, the copy of it doesn't help you anyway. Um, so that's my um, stand on on open source. Uh, for me, it's um, I like to show people what the code does to gain trust. I think it's a, a, a nice way of uh, getting ideas and uh, sometimes even bug fixes from the community. But it's not like I'm not living in a in fantasy land where I believe that the community. Um, presents me with new features on a daily base. That doesn't happen. Um, it's still the same core team of developers um, who are doing them. It's just it's open source. Everybody can see it. Everybody can have a look at our roadmap, at our current issues, bug fixes. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, it's just a, a more open way of um, developing software.
2: Do you think that people will, or do you hope that people will uh, join the effort and contribute code? Or are you looking for that, or does it matter? What's What's the, o- the
3: obviously? I'm obviously I'm I'm looking for that, but it's not. I'm not expecting it. Um, it has happened in the last couple of days, a couple of times, but not like big chunks of code. Um, so I um, I don't expect it. I. Hope for it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the fact of exposing code to the uh, view of the public. Um, you know, you, to cite your Facebook example, which is great. I mean, Facebook has the numbers. That's the only reason it's important, in my opinion, is that it has uh, you know however many billions of people on it. And most of those billions of people don't know what a platform is, let alone code or anything else. They don't care about that. They're there because they're there. They're there because it was one of the first things, and they're say signed up, and now. They're there, and their friends and grandmas there, and all that. Um, so I, I'm totally, I totally agree with you on the idea that uh, if Facebook published their code, other than a lot of snarky people saying, "Oh, this really sucks. Look what you did here." Besides that, there would be little effect. There's not going to be a second. There's not going to be a Facebook competitor based on someone taking their code and going, "Well, I could do that, and I'll change this and this, and I'll change it instead of green, blue, it'll be green." That's not going to happen. Um, on the other hand, if there were to be found a serious security flaw in something that you've published, there's a chance that someone could could say, hey, did you see in this function that there's this thing happening? And that would make it certainly easier than talking to Facebook about a a, a fault, a vulnerability in their code, because we don't have their code. So yeah, there's that. Um, I I have a question, by the way, from um, Jay that I want to kind of scroll off here. Let me get back to it. Jay is uh, big on government governance and policy decisions so he asks how will governance and policy decisions be made regarding the platform it's a good question but it's a kind of a general uh, how do you see that in other words when he says policy decisions i'm not sure if what that would be enumerated uh, unless jay wants to chime in go ahead seven okay,
3: let, let me let me put it in in word terms um i am the mark spencer of Voodoo. right
2: it always is going to come down to what you want and don't want on your platform
3: yeah it, it's just uh, it's uh, again it, it's open source. If somebody has the or, or if somebody thinks he can do it better, copy it, fork it, do it better. Um, welcome, um, but um, I don't expect it. And um, I hope that um, some developers um, will find time to create uh, new functionality or fix bugs. Um, but um, it's pretty much as in the in the Asterisk community um, with the example that. Um, I uh, never liked the licensing model of Asperis, like the dual licensing. That's like, for me, uh, in German, we would say it's nicht Fisch, nicht Fleisch, which means it's neither a fish nor a- is it steak. Um, and so... Um, I love me-
2: That's a great expression. I want to I absorb that. That's fantastic. And I'm sure there are equivalents in every language. That's excellent.
3: Um, so what is the equivalent in English?
1: Neither fish nor fowl. There you go.
3: Okay. Um, so yeah i i never liked their uh, dual licensing model um i think it's um it's it's a show it's not open source in the in the in my like um in my understanding of it and I, um
4: I you're it, absolutely right stefan and it leads to all kinds of problems it slows things down take for example the huge amount of time it took them to to implement the opus codec on on asterisk which is due to uh, all these kind of worries about legal things Yeah,
1: no, there, there were very specific reasons why that, that didn't happen which at some point I might divulge but anyway um so I actually I also had a uh tracking a little bit back, you said that you weren't interested in having a federation of independently run servers. Did I understand that correctly? Mm, no, I'm the future. If everything
3: goes right, will be a setup of servers on every continent. But, but um,
1: will they be all run by you, or will yeah. local? No. Okay, and and so so you're you're in the that, that's interesting because that gets back to governance. So you're in the position that if somebody forks your code and runs it in an XYZ country and builds up a user base there um, because you haven't got around to doing uh, uh, the Ivory Coast yet for example um, and builds up a user base there you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able or willing to federate with that service I mean I I know this is a long way off and it's a theoretical thing but you mentioned VoIP and this is a classic VoIP question basically
3: okay Um, let me think about it Um, today Today, we couldn't because uh, the whole system doesn't have that connectivity. Like, okay. that it, it is not possible uh, technically-wise. Uh, but to be honest, I've thought about that in a different um, um, perspective. I thought about that like putting such a system in a company so that the company uses it itself, but mm-hmm. creates a gateway to the internet so that certain information gets through that gateway and then it would like connect to the to the network let's put it that way um but um i'm open for that um but i have no good technical solution for that right now um so um, I don't know. But um, uh, if there's always um, um possibility that somebody um, copies it and creates a new service, which would be some sort of parallel word.
2: Yeah. But on the other hand, maybe there, there's actually an argument for having a local version of this in that, uh, okay, we've got, we've got regions and we've got languages. And uh, as you know, Stefan, I'm in France, you're in Germany. Uh, the French world, um, yeah, I mean, there are people speaking English and there's 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 LinkedIn. Which now that it's owned by Microsoft, I immediately left. The reasons I'll go into some other time. Um, there was a there was a European a kind of a pan-european uh, LinkedIn call It started with an X. Do you recall what I'm talking about?
3: Sing. that's a that's another dream company.
2: what what was the name of that? So that, thing, like,
3: thing, tra- like in crossing X right,
2: exactly. So and I kind of got on that uh, when I was active, just out of curiosity, but is that still in existence? It is, yeah. is it big? Is it successful?
3: Um it's not as big as LinkedIn. I don't know if it's successful. I guess it is, but I don't know. I guess um, they
2: are running the server, paying for servers. Yeah.
3: Be. So um, that's got, uh, that's actually my direct uh, competitive in Germany.
2: Right. So so my point being that uh, that was a Eurocentric, if I'm not mistaken, uh, totally yeah, but,
3: European. But not 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 by choice. It's just that Lincoln became bigger and the rest of the world and then they in my opinion I, I don't know It's it, I just I have to guess in my opinion they just made up this marketing story that they narrowed down their market on the German or European thing like it was their choice no it wasn't their choice Lincoln just got the bigger piece of the pie
2: right but the, but there is an argument for being local in my opinion I mean, it's not a bad thing necessarily well it depends on what market you're trying to reach obviously uh, for the for the Cisco's and the you know Microsoft's of the world obviously obviously, you got to be international. But if you're uh, located in a European country and you want to be uh, Eurocentric, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It makes some sense to concentrate on that. Um, The other thing is, are we talking about, you know, we had a, we had a, I had over 500 connections in VoIP before I left LinkedIn, LinkedIn completely. And uh, I have to say that between, since we've been doing the VUC for for over 10 years, if you take just, even just the people who are in this Hangout, including, you, Stefan, right now. So there's one, two, three, four, five people besides me uh, in it. And then you add the, say, 50 other people to whom we're kind of close. You're talking about actually thousands of potential contacts. And we had most of those contacts in my directory, my LinkedIn group, which I, I don't know if it still exists, but I'm not in it anymore. I Microsoft, <laughs> just, Microsoft just disgusted me totally and I left. But the point is, <laughs> These are people who actually know each other by reputation. And it's, you know, how there's the six degrees of uh, whatever that is. Well, most of us know each other within one degree. If I don't know somebody, certainly one of you knows that person. Remember, we were talking about Michael from Poland, for example. Uh, someone might say, well, do you know this guy? And, yeah, I do. And he's authentic. So this is the validation. This is the verification that you're doing, and that LinkedIn kinda does with their <laughs> with their very spammy. Well, so and so knows how to tap dance. Do you, do you agree that you remember those? What are they called? Endorsements. Well, that was an idea that whose time came and went. Uh But anyway, you kind of have that.
1: So, so you know, there's a there's a there's a whole game about endorsing people for yeah. things that they don't do. Of course, um, it's like you know, humorous, like endorsing me for COBOL. Or- or um... Or uh, I forgotten what it was, but it's like you know, just just uh, um, people who do hardware endorsing them for Ruby on Rails, or you know, just like this this random so things that they don't do that will annoy them as being as endorsing them, you know. Um, so I think it's great. I think that's a, a wonderful subversion of the platform. Well, that's yeah, by yeah. the way. By the way, that's I want to I want to
3: add something. Uh, that's the reason why um, only the you uh, only the owner of a uh, profile can create skills. So you can endorse them, but you cannot create like you cannot create a skill for me which says French Um, because it's obviously an invitation for fun
2: and yet you endorsed my tap dancing and you've never seen and I (laughs) that was anyway that was a joke Uh, Jake Carpenter says and I quote because it's a long quote LinkedIn is an excellent example of ownership policy and governance being a critical factor in overall utility once the ownership policy and governance became centered on Microsoft, the overall LinkedIn platform became tainted with the uncertainty of Microsoft's future policy and business model incentives. Personally, I think you, just got t- I think you could just say tainted with Microsoft and end it right there because LinkedIn to me was a big directory and uh, we used it successfully in that anyone who's anyone in VoIP was in that group as far as I'm concerned. Only the newest newbies would not have been in that group. Uh, anyone I know who has anything to do with VoIP was in our group. A g- group it was a pretty loose thing, actually. Group directory, a list of people. Uh, you know, the, the I assume lots of people in Polycom, Cisco, but also people in uh, in uh, Troppo and everything else. You know, anyone who's anyone, anyway, Gemeinschaft, all you're all you were all in there. I'm sure Stefan, you were probably in our LinkedIn group. Probably, yeah. You know, I mean, we we weren't active at anything. It was just a list of names. But the the advantage was you were able to. Uh, uh, contact people and occasionally people would ask me for intros and of course I'm happy to do that uh, based on the fact that I know people are authentic Uh, but anyway Jay's comment is that Microsoft tainted LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn was kind of already, I don't know. I, what does anybody think of LinkedIn? Before and after Microsoft. So I,
1: I miss the 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 one feature of LinkedIn that I liked that they axed was CardMunch. I, I really, really miss Card Munch. Um, I, I find that surprisingly few people knew what it that it existed, but it was a thing where you could it was an app on your phone where you could take a picture of a business card and it would automatically over 24 hours update, it would upload that to LinkedIn and you could tick it off and it would then get added to your LinkedIn. So it was for 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 I've just done a, an exhibition and we came back with a stack of business cards and we're kind of processing our way through them at the moment. But but card months just made that massively easier. Um and I and they it was great feature, and they switched it off.
2: Well, I think that's yeah. for you, you a key.
3: Do you have a GitHub account? Yes. Do me a favor and create a feature request. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if. Oh, it, you don't.
1: By the way, you don't support uh, you don't support GitHub as a social network. Um, good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just so otherwise you'd know I had a GitHub account.
3: Yeah, yeah, good, good point. Open <laughs> uh, feature I request for that too, okay. um, uh, be- because I like the idea. I have no idea. What, what I don't like is the the app idea because, um, like, for at least for the for the near future, uh, we are not going to have uh, our own app. Um, because um, we just don't have the time and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so um, I don't know if it's possible to access a camera from a web page. Oh, yes. Oh, it should yeah. Should today. Yeah, yes. it should be. So I like the idea. Um, um, please um, create a feature request for that.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know about that, but that's a great idea for sure let's get that happening i should remove this st- i'm going to remove the tap dancing thing stefan because honestly i would be horrible at it yeah
4: <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can see vu too vu it's a bit like bluetooth but with a vu isn't it and why stefan do all your company names spell the same thing forwards as backwards <laughs> um i can see vu uh, fitting in reasonably well with Matrix, actually. Uh, it's because Matrix is all around about fed- federation. Uh, and, and a big part of uh, Voodoo is, is this kind of replicated, distributed um, directory um, identity thing, mm-hmm. which could sit very nicely on top of Matrix. And there was a sudden silence. I, I, I actually
1: agree with you, uh, although I suspect that it would be I'm almost taking the other way. Tim, I, what's I, going on? Wait, 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 almost music? the other way around, in that it would fix one of the issues with Matrix which so is that it doesn't have a strong directory service yet.
4: And, it, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's the one thing that it's missing. And um, another thing that I don't think either Bluetooth or Matrix have is the cryptographic key management system. Because uh, if you're going to have identity, um, key management goes hand in hand with that, doesn't it, Tim?
1: I'm, I'm a, a huge fan of key management done well, and it's so rarely done well. Oh.
4: Well, no, I, was, uh, uh, I was handing you a golden opportunity to, to spout there. But uh, yeah, I think VOOTOOF is, is a very, very interesting uh, little project. But I, I'm not sure exactly where it's going at the moment, Stefan. Where do you want it to go? Where do you want it to end up? Oh, you really want me to say it? Yes, uh, I do. Yes. It's a difficult, to, penetrate questions. And, None and of this, what you were doing seven years ago. Okay, I want and, to know what you're going to be doing in two years' time. Yeah, and yeah. this is
3: going to be uh, on, on on YouTube forever. So I wanted to become a, a LinkedIn killer.
4: Well, that's um well, there's an opportunity there in that there's this—it's this, this huge uh, kickback now that it's been Microsofted. Um, but you—you've you, also got to contend with Zing as well, haven't you?
3: Yeah, but okay, Zing is for me like a stepstone. stone. Right. Um,
2: I, I have to admit that uh, although when Zing first came on, they've been around for years and years, and I did join it—I joined it for because I wanted to sell a business. But um, for all I know, I still have an active account there, not very active. But the point is that I haven't heard anything of Zing. I have never seen that name. That's why I had to ask you what the name was. I haven't seen nor heard hide nor hear, as we say in English, from Zing since I first joined it, which might have been in 2007 or, or nine. So I didn't even know if it was still alive. You say it is, and I believe you. You
3: you, you should um, check your spam account, uh, your spam folder, because normally they send as many emails as LinkedIn does. Well,
2: I probably I probably um, deleted the account because I occasionally, eventually, I do that. You know, because I join every. And so I joined everything. And then I get these emails from something domain name. I don't recognize saying it's been a few weeks since you've been around. And then I go, what, what was this even, you know? So I, I probably deleted that, but I should go take a look at it again. Anyway, long story short is that I haven't seen it anywhere. You know, you see things, you see. It, it, is,
3: it, is, it is very active in Germany. It is very active in uh, other uh, German speaking um, countries, um, which was a big surprise for me too, that um, like many new VooTooth users um, are coming from uh, switzerland and austria um, which i didn't expect uh, but It's happening. Um, And uh, so um, for a thing, thing, and I I actually I don't know how they are pronouncing it, Um, that's their market. Um, As I said, I don't think it's by choice.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, um, I'm not that familiar with him. I've asked Jay Carpenter to come in because he's not dialed in, but he was listening on YouTube, I guess, and uh, he'll come in. He's got some interesting questions, and he's always, actually always has interesting questions, but uh, this time he's agreed to join the Hangout, so we'll get get him in on that. Anyway, that's, I just think it's funny that there there's this big thing that exists that I haven't heard a word about in like seven years at least. I'll have to go. I should go through my oldest email account to find my, you know, when you when I first joined, I probably saved all that stuff and see what it was all about. But that was a specific thing in mind. The YouTube, the, uh, sorry, the LinkedIn, um, my association with LinkedIn was totally different. I kept it 100% VoIP. by the way. So when people, friends that I knew from other things, you know, wanted to join or whatever, um, we did this, I, I told them uh, it was it was. Strange strictly voip strictly telecommunications and with that there were there were a whole bunch of people and and i think that some of the people here today are still in the group but just that i got kind of sick of it okay we got jay carpenter joining us and jay has by, a by,
3: good the, by the way tim tim just uh, created um, the issue thank you
2: okay perfect jay let's go let's see if we can hear you
0: all right thank you very much can you hear me randy
2: yep perfect okay awesome
0: so i think uh, What you've created, Stefan, is awesome in the sense that it really, really addresses a fundamental need in terms of creating a harmony among all of our disparate addresses. And I think that is what Matrix is also trying to do. But, you know, for you... You don't know me, but I've been involved in the naming, addressing and numbering space for well, about 15 years now or more. And, you know, this same issue uh, uh, came up in the initiative to create public ENA. So the technology was awesome and the use case was awesome in that you could all of a sudden create this harmony among our disparate addresses. But the policy became the stumbling block as well as the business models. And what I hear is that you're facing the same sorts of issues. So, um, you know, I think this group really has a has the horsepower to to make a difference here. And I, uh, first of all, Stefan, I applaud you for your creating this initiative. But there are some powerful and subtle policy issues around governance, around uh, persistence, around um, you know how how do decisions be uh, become viable and, and and how do you how do you govern this thing? So that's that's my two cents. That's what I was trying to communicate on the IRS see comments so what do you what do you think about that Stefan? you have to ask me a concrete question so the concrete question is when uh vutu is launched and all of a sudden someone is posting something that's considered either offensive or a threat, a terrorist threat or uh, infringing on somebody's trademark. How are you going to handle that? That's a tough one.
3: Um, okay, obviously um, it's um, we are on a different scale right now than the big ones. So um, we don't have that issue right now. Um, and uh, we don't have any news feed. Um, and I don't know- know if we are ever going to implement it, because I believe that Facebook and Twitter, they do a great job newsfeed-wise. I don't see the need for yet another one. Um, But we don't have it now. I'm just saying that I'm not planning on it, but I'm not saying no because many people are asking for it, and I have not made up my mind yet about that. Uh, But um, we don't have the problem because uh, nobody can post offensive stuff um, now.
0: Well, here's another example. Let's say that that Jay makes a profile and Jay populates that profile with uh, a telephone number that Jay doesn't really control. And I start driving traffic to that profile and inviting people to dial a number that looks like it's Jay's or somebody else's, but it's really going to some uh, endpoint that Jay profits from, but the person that really, or the group that really owns the number should be profiting from.
3: I see where you're going. Uh, And uh, you're right. It's a problem and um i don't have a solution for that yet um th- that's the reason why uh, we do this um if you enter an email address you have to um uh, click on the link we sent you so that we at least know that email address at this point of time you have control of that email address um but um we don't do that for phone numbers we don't do that for addresses like po- we don't send you a letter to confirm that the address, the postal address, is your postal address. Um, I don't believe that's even feasible uh, because that's you know it would cost a lot of money. Like the phones, the phone would be feasible somehow, but would be not easy to do for normal people. Like um, we are not normal people in this conference. Like it's. Uh, I want to create a system where uh, my grandfather can use it, um, and so it has to be as easy as it gets. Um, so there, uh, I, I hear you. Um, and um, thank you for bringing that up. Um, I will I will think about that more. Um, and no, I don't have a solution for that right now.
2: Yeah, I would like to interject. Um, I'm wondering if it's possible to verify phone numbers using you know automated process where it knows. For example, uh, one of the things that one of you just mentioned. Well, I think Jay, you mentioned the case of the old game of you know the Israeli number that costs you know 50 cents every 10 seconds, that kind of thing. So. That that basically, you just create a profile, and that profile. If anybody calls that number, first of all, why would anybody call the number? But if they did, they're going to be paying money for it. It's going to be a surcharge number, and I don't know what the limit is on those, but some of those are very expensive. Back in the way in the old days, you were talking, you know, you could lose ten dollars in in a matter of minutes easily, and so that made a lot of money for people. But it it seems to me that there are ways, there are automatic. Uh, processes that you can call APIs, I guess, that you can call to call to find out the cost of a number. And calling this phone number and finding out that it's ten dollars a minute would be one red flag that you could bring up, and that wouldn't cost much. The other thing is, and Stefan, this is directly to you. Um, so you, you know, I joined. I said I was a great tap dancer. You verified that because you know me, and I know we we were joking around. Okay, fine. But the point is that um, who can verify? If you or your designated people are the only people who who can verify, right? I mean, it's the people who are involved directly, correct?
3: Right now, right now, only we can verify, and that's um, obviously that's a scaling issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have several ideas how we can scale that, and that's going to be a big problem. Um, first, um, it would be a problem if we would charge for it, because then we could outsource it. Uh, there are actually companies. Who or, which offer that service so it's easily outsourced but um, that's pretty expensive like um, it will cost a couple of euros per um, verification um, it's it's not cheap so that's kind of um, not within our budget um, so uh, the next step would be to narrow down um, the possibilities to do some sort of uh, reference system where if like let's say five people who are already verified say that a guy is, that is a real guy that would bubble up in our uh, internal system so that we can see, okay, this is very likely a a real person. And then we would try to verify it. You know, it's not a, I'm not talking about a 100% sure thing. Um, It's, uh, if you really want to um, create a fake verified account, um, that's possible. Um, but we try our best, and um, we will add um, functionality to raise red flags. Um, but um, yeah, right now,
4: what is that's that's a kind of model that's used by uh, outfits like CA Cert, isn't it? Where uh, where you produce your um, your identity documents to somebody who is a very Verifier and that gets you started off, and then um, you can have community um, authentication where, um, as long as you've got a number of different people who are already authenticated together, uh, they can aggregate together their verification power to verify other people. So it's kind of like a distributed cloud based verification system. So, as long as you've got some way of kicking it off um, and at a start point, you can actually then grow your communities um, organically. I think that
2: that's now that is true and it's excellent and the other thing is maybe karma i'm not sure how you could do karma but it, that karma is a good system in other words where uh for certain kinds of things that you do you are credited and then you get a weight yeah
4: and let, let, let's not forget um the negative side of this so how do you deal with somebody who is bad or is wrong, uh, how you vote them down and out. Um, there must be a mechanism for doing that as well. I, I'm always it, very
1: sceptical about these systems not being gamed, building these systems so that they- the difficult game is fantastically hard and and people in the even with the best will in the world um, tend to uh, tend to encourage them to be gamed i remember the first time i tried to buy when we were running the the phone from here i tried to buy a code signing certificate and we'd only just incorporated the company um and so i tried to buy a code signing certificate and the guy said well we, i can't sell you one now but tell you what fill in the dun and bradstreet questionnaire and then call me back in an hour so i filled in the dun and bradstreet questionnaire and then Went back and he said, "Oh yeah, you're in the da- in the Dun and Bradstreet database now, so I can I can issue you a certificate. So it's like it's just this. He knew that that uh, there was something else I had to do as well. I forgot what it was, but like there were a couple of things that you could do that actually weren't very difficult and didn't require you know blood or passports or anything that that proved I was real. But you just yeah. it was it was an aggregation of. Yeah. Let, let me let me I I hear where you guys are going, and you are absolutely right.
3: But I'm not searching for a hundred percent solution. I'm searching for something which is better than now they're always I don't believe in a system which can't be gamed Uh, it's just a question of the effort but if we find a system which is better than everything we have right now it's worth the effort like the verification system at at Twitter it's not 100% foolproof either but it's very good so we can live with this let's say I don't know half percent or so uh, fake accounts which are um, verified or maybe less. I, I, I really don't know um and i'm I'm fine with that. I don't search for a 100% solution. I know that's nearly impossible, if not impossible.
4: Yeah. And the way that you, you get more certain is you build up layer upon layer upon layer of verification, different factors. Uh, and you're right, Stefan, when you say that, uh, that Twitter isn't perfect, but it's not bad. And you can use that as one layer of your verification uh, uh, alongside, uh, I don't know, LinkedIn. And, uh, and if you've been running these things for some time, and then you're, you're then federated and linked to lots of other real, clearly real people, then the chances are that you are actually a real person, if you see what I mean.
3: Yeah, yeah that's the that's, that's that's way we are, we are heading. But again, it's not a foolproof system. It's not 100%. And I'm fine with that.
4: Yeah, uh, absolutely. We've got to uh, realize that all of these systems, they're not black and white. They're never perfect it's it's, you're always gonna have shades of gray but it's it's the name of the game here is about being as certain as you can be um that the person that you're talking to is the person that you're talking to because i mean today you can go and you can buy fake passports um uh, as a fake identity
3: um let me uh, uh, can i can i show you something because um let me activate the screen share again Um, i can okay so um again my account what I'm what, what and this is already happening right now that people are scrolling through the page and see okay Alex let's click on that and then they see ah okay this is all in German now um, but um the idea is to um see people who have the same skill and um to who are connected so you have one view where you see the same skill on a worldwide base or on a country base and then you have a view where you see um who is good in that skill in my within my peers um so we can narrow it down and um that is something i i like to um let me deactivate the screen share yeah sorry for that um um, where I already see that people are browsing t- through the system just to get an idea who is doing what and how can I find a PHP guy in my town?
2: What? Um,
0: so, <laughs> Stefan, I, I, I have a question. This is Jay. <clears throat> you said you had uh, 10,000 users that populated the system within a very short period of time. I think it was like a week or something yeah. like that. Or did you experience some sort of viral adoption that happened? Is that... Is that how that happened? Because um, that's
3: pretty compelling. Yes, yeah, but but let's let's face it, ten thousand users is is nothing. It, it is really nothing. I'm happy, but it's
2: not Facebook for sure.
3: <laughs> it's it's not you know my like you you talked about Sing. I don't know how many people are on Sing, but I guess it it, it must be about. 50 million give or take um so that's a long way to go um and um linkedin has about 100 million or a little bit more of 100 so um the numbers I'm dealing right now are very, very small. I'm happy with them, but um, to become successful, we have to have a very, very steep uh, curve um, to manage uh, in the next couple of months.
2: LinkedIn but- apparently has fifty-eight million people.
3: No, they've
4: not. Yeah, and only two of them are me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and none of them are me because I quit. But, but anyway, the point is that was just a quick Google search. Fifty-eight million. Um, Stefan, I wanted to ask you specifically though, what is the profile? I mean. Is there a particular profile? Is this all people who are in technology? Obviously, it's not limited to VoIP. Uh, Or is it people who are into air conditioning and pipe fitting? I mean, is there a limit to... What is this exactly?
3: It's everybody can join I, I don't there's no well, i, I what, wouldn't you know i wouldn't invest the effort for just void people or just ruby and rails people the community okay, so, is so more
2: beyond languages and programming this is also any skill at all like yeah. tap dancing for example tap
3: dancing gardening everything okay
2: Gardening. Um, okay. So, and then again, regionally, it's all over the world. Yeah, and presumably is. you can search because you just give the example, which I think is a great example of, you know, who does PHP who's around, around here? Not yeah. that around here necessarily means anything these days, by the way, because I've, I've hired people who are not around here who are, the, I just hire them because they're the best at what I want.
3: Okay. But gardening would be a good example. You want to have somebody around your town. not 100%. I don't need a yeah. gardener
2: who's in the Philippines or the United States. Yeah.
3: Um, but that's bringing up a very good point which we are tackling right now, right this week and next week. Um, it's the problem that gardening as a skill name is translated differently to all the languages. Like you have skill names like SQL. SQL is the same in all languages but gardening isn't. So right now we are building a system where um, we, uh, where I can as a German say "Gärtner" or Gartenarbeit or whatever and um, English people can say gardening and I don't Know what the French say uh, say, uh, but the, so that everybody puts his own skill name into the system. But at, in the system, we match it to the. We are going with the English term, or mm. because it's easiest. Um, so um, if you search, if you search for a PHP guy in the Philippines, um, you can actually do that.
2: Okay, that's interesting.
3: Because otherwise, you would have looked up. Have to look up what is gardening in whatever language they speak there. I guess they speak English there. Do they? Do they? Or Yes, whatever. they do.
2: Well, they, American. Probably, they might, probably might, yeah.
4: They talk American. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Stefan, completely different question. Where are you going to be on the 10th and 11th of February next year? Texas. Yes, indeed. Uh, in fact, you're oh. going to be at the, uh, yeah, you're going to be in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And yeah, let's the, promote
2: that, Stefan.
4: At the premier regional Elixir, how can you say, Elixir and Phoenix conference.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: And uh, you would have thought you'd have a Phoenix con- conference in Phoenix, Arizona, really, wouldn't you? <laughs>
3: No, my, you're gonna, it to be the, word, the wording uh, Phoenix is, is not the best wording in the world because every no, time I'm searching something for Phoenix always comes up the city.
4: Yeah, indeed. But Move it to Phoenix. But you're going to be in Phoenix um, telling the whole world about Voodoo, aren't you? In Austin, yeah. In, yeah. Sorry, in, in Austin. And here it is. He said
2: Phoenix, didn't he? I,
0: I didn't... can envision an interesting time uh, to be had with Emil and Stefan over a beer
2: yeah yes indeed
4: yes yeah, stefan do you know uh emil ivo yeah. father of um um of Jitsi, Jitsi, amongst other things yeah um he is a wonderful chap and uh, uh just looking at you you're probably about the same sort of body mass as him you, <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you don't want to take stefan and emil out to dinner the same evening i can tell well, you. i'm thinking about breakfast you know oh, triple well. triple breakfast all kidding aside that's a very good point james thank you
3: uh, i i am uh, i I'm I'm thinking that would be, and as I am only two hours away from Austin, that would be quite an interesting outing just in general. Yes,
2: you'll have to do that. Stefan, um, Jitsi was originally the Jitsi, uh, it was a SIP communicator, which you probably knew about, and Jitsi turned into a video bridge. But anyway, yeah, you folks will all meet there, and that's great that you're that you're speaking there G- give us those dates again james
4: and the place it's the 10th and 11th of uh, february in austin texas and uh, i posted well there's there's a link if you go to the home link um on the link that i posted in the irc that'll take you to it
2: lonestar elixir.com yeah just you-
4: for the unin- uninitiated stefan just explain what e- elixir and Fe- and phoenix are
3: you won't believe it but elixir um is to make it I, I i will i won't go too deep into it but it uses the same technology as does erlang and you probably all know that erlang was created by um Ericsson. Er, er, yeah Ericsson. sorry um and it was created for um, for, for warp switches. Yeah, um, telecom stuff, yeah. Yeah, telecom stuff. And um, that's one of the reasons why it is so better-proofed and um, quick. Um, and um, so I actually, I um, dived into um, Erlang uh, the first time when I was still in the warp business. And, but I didn't, it's very, it's very complicated and I'm very... Um, I'm very simple minded so um
4: well, you're right. It takes a very special type of person to get into Erlang yeah very
3: cool so so um I didn't make it um, but um Alexia, um as i as I said, uses the same um, um, key components let's put it that way um uh, the beam um and therefore um, it has the same advantages like uh, what, my favorite advantage is um, uh, hot deployment so uh, we like we deploy normally like 10 times a day um, and we don't have any downtime thanks okay.
4: now, now, now you're talking Andy Smith's language he's Mr. Hot deploy- deployment i
3: I'll keep keep talking keep going uh, and for me I'm coming from the Ruby on Rails world like zero time uh, deployment was like a myth um, it's it's doable with a lot of pain, but um, it is very expensive and it's not, it's, it's still not easy. And uh, in, in Phoenix, uh, in, in, in the Phoenix framework, uh, which is built with Elixir, it's like super simple, super easy. You can uh, hot deploy on a whole um, server farm um, and don't have any downtime at all. And uh, I really, I like that feature. And I totally lost track
4: what the question was. Oh well, what's, elixir and phoenix but you just was there a question and uh well that was what the question was i'm just pasting the links and It, it, it was an invitation to explain and i think you've done so quite well thank you very much I've, I've actually learned something myself. I should I sh- I sh- uh, probably spend most of the the weekend looking at your lexicon. I
3: want um, to, but uh, but I have to warn you, it is not easy. Um, it's uh, it took me quite a while, and um, it, I'm still not not very good in it. Um, but it, it is fun, and um, uh, it gets you out of your comfort zone. You
4: we mean? all yeah, we all know that we always do
2: our best work when we're out of our comfort zones. Yes, and I'm still and we, trying to find it though. Having said that, <laughs> I would like everybody. I'm going to turn off my camera long enough for you to see this link to go there and subscribe and not subscribe but go there and join it there's no cost and there's no danger uh, we're totally behind this and we'd like to see all our friends there and from there maybe we can b- build a kernel of uh, something interesting because uh, Stefan has done just that okay I'm gonna come back because I'm really into showing my own image right you can see that let me link that a couple times to show that I'm actually in charge all right there you go so tim, tim,
3: he, tim, sorry for interrupting uh, I, just, I was just using youtube and i saw tim Pentman, but no avatar so you have to,
2: to go he had to go and he's gonna he's gonna be he, back let me he's open, not real he's not real you know that let me let me open this up to anyone else who may have some questions or comments jay if you're still here you're welcome to chime in otherwise uh, james andy michael uh we're getting close to we seem to be running closer to 90 than 60 minutes these days, but, um, doesn't matter because the cost of the satellite feed is the same. So if anybody has any questions, 50 X, let's know
0: <clears throat> anyone. My, my, com- my comments, Randy to Stefan and everyone else is, um, I think this is a, an awesome area for exploration and innovation and <clears throat> it involves technology, policy, business models, all of it coming together. And I think this is a critical need to be addressed. So, um, um, you know, I really acknowledge you, Stefan, for and I got your commitment to create something that's that's uh, a better service to many. So thank you, thank you. And
3: uh, please, uh, if you wanted, or uh, I know that the system is not perfect, probably it will never be perfect. But uh, please do me a favor, and whenever you have a, an idea or uh, an idea to improve something, some, something, send me an email or create an issue. Um, that helps us a lot. Yeah,
4: cryptographic variables and verification of telephone numbers probably both good ones i think jay would agree with me with the, with the latter
0: absolutely that's exactly what the IETF modern and stir uh groups are wrestling with right now for what's next in telephone numbering and addressing
4: in fact jay so. you ought to come on this show sometime and talk to us about those projects because they're absolutely fascinating. Even if stir is uh, kind of um, got itself into a kind of not so much stirring as quick drying concrete. Thing. Did,
1: did, you, did you see the glorious thing? I, I may have missed you discussing this because I had to pop out. But uh, you see the glorious thing about the the new response code in SIP called six six six, which is not wanted here.
2: <laughs> uh, and and the idea the idea
1: is that you would explicitly have on on your phone you'd have a, a spam button that you press to mark this call as spam, yeah. it would go back to the operator who would register it as a 666 and never send you one from that caller ID again, which uh, I, I think it's an interesting idea. It won't get implemented because the operators make too much money out of cold calling. Yeah,
0: that is a problem. Well, if, if I heard Stefan correctly, he is addressing that use case of that you basically want to different options to different segments of our communities. Yeah. So that's a key part of your functionality. If I heard you correctly earlier, Stefan, is that uh, if somebody's trying to reach Jay and it's a family member, I want to show them different options than if it's James trying to reach Jay. Yeah. uh, In a a business context. Yeah, you know?
2: really don't want James to get through.
0: Well, I, I've got oh, the 666 six, six, six code yeah. uh, marked for James. so
2: I know that James doesn't let me get through, so that's why I said that.
0: <laughs> anyway, we're gonna be like a, we're gonna, like,
2: Well, we'll talk about that in a minute in the mature audiences. But before we get to the mature audiences segment, um, let me just make sure that we've covered everybody in the not mature, the immature audience. Uh, does anybody else have any comments, questions before we terminate this session, which is on for uh 83 minutes now. Anything else any other un, any new business? Oh, wait, Kathleen. Quick question about sign up. Is miss or this is actually um Stefan, this is a, an important point because this was commented on before. Misses for women in general in German or is there a miss equivalent? Um Stefan, you need to look at the gender issue because what you call gender is in fact what in the French call civil civil title or Your official title, which is, you know, Mr. and Mrs ms because uh, everybody falls in those regardless of your gender. In other words, gender is one thing. Civil, civil, um, what's the English equivalent of this? Civil, whatever. Your title is a different thing. So the Mr. Mrs. Ms. is not gender. And someone actually made a comment about that just before we started as well. That's something that needs to be probably addressed. It's just a question of language. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Why Why is gender important? Well, it doesn't matter except that it needs no, it isn't.
3: No, 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 it is, I want to it is important for one reason i want to address people the right way when I yeah. sent them an email.
2: Yeah, but that's not gender. That's not. Yeah,
3: it's that's a that's a wording issue. Yeah. Um, but uh, thanks for that input.
2: Okay. Yeah, and, and it's you know there's nothing to. Uh, do. I, I,
1: and you you have to. Have, uh, I think it's best to allow people to fill that field in themselves because you have all sorts of uh, all sorts of fun with. Uh, I mean, in Germany you have you know Dr. Herr Professor and it has to be in the right order. And I mean, really and here you have you might have the you know the right Honourable or, um, or or or. or or something you know the reverend the reverend the the very reverend even the most yeah yeah um, we know one of those Um, very reverend i i used i i I remember dancing with with the honorable oh god what was her name i can't i probably shouldn't say anywhere. no you remember it but but my my point being that this poor 17 year old girl was was known as the honorable whatever she was um uh you know Jane Smith or whatever which is uh, which must which is a pretty heavy burden for somebody of
4: that age I thought
2: indeed mm-hmm. all right um any last minute before we go to the mature audiences only? Well, I'm just
4: I'm just fascinated, uh Stefan, to follow where this goes. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very interesting, very big project area and it could go lots of different ways. And you're I think you're very brave <laughs> launching straight into it. It's one of these which is a bit like Matrix, which is potentially so incredibly useful. Um, but it's actually quite difficult to do properly. So um I'm fascinated to see where you're gonna be in two years' time.
3: That's that's not wait for two years. <laughs> Let's let's talk again. Talk again in a year, or well, even
4: six no, months. No, how about our twenty-four hour He can come back for that. Can't
2: he? That's a good point, Stefan. We're going to be doing that in the next few months. Yeah, and
4: Stefan, we we have to get you in the same room as Matthew Hodgson from Matrix, and I yep. suspect the. Optimum place to do that will be at Elio World in Berlin. Ah, in, yes, in, in, in not, May is
2: it? Not that far, Stefan. Why don't you apply yeah. for a talk and do a talk and meet us all in Berlin, eighth to tenth of May? You, it's easier for you to get there than for any of us. Mm-hmm. 20- let me let me
3: think about that. No? Um,
2: think about it. I will write you about it, and I want to. Yeah. I'm putting this up with my uh, beautiful portrait. Uh, for the URL for everybody who's watching this to jump in and sign in. We will be talking to all of you very soon. Stefan, it's a great pleasure to see you again.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks for accepting the invite and we will be hearing from you soon. Thanks to everybody who participates to the VUC within of the VUC, whatever the proper proposition is. And we are going to the mature audiences only version right now. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is provided by OnSip.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from VoxBone.com Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time. See you next week.